Hello, I'm Rachel Deere, host of today's program, COVID-19, Keeping Up with a Moving Target. Thank you for joining us. This activity is jointly provided by the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine, DKB Med, and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. Today's program is accredited for ANCC, AAPA, and AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Please visit our website for complete CE information. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the Claim Credit button on the webinar console. Otherwise, please go to covid19.dkbmed.com, navigate to our multi-specialty episodes, and select this webinar to claim credit. Today's learning objective is to discuss the current knowledge of the Omicron variant. This educational activity is supported by independent medical education grants from Gilead Sciences, as well as in-kind support from DKB Med. With us today, we have Dr. Paul Awater, Clinical Director of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Dr. Awater, welcome back. Thank you, Rachel. It's been a little less than a week at the time of this recording where we've learned of the uh, latest variant that has uh, generated a significant interest called Omicron, which the World Health Organization has labeled a variant of concern. And it's labeled it a variant of concern, perhaps the earliest of any variant, just uh, several weeks after the first detection amongst uh, infected individuals. It's actually a fascinating story that this variant has been uh, described in such a short period of time, just two to three weeks, really arising from a respiratory outbreak amongst university students who were in uh, the Johannesburg uh, area of South Africa, but were traveling uh, to the Western Cape of South Africa for a trip and uh, became ill with a respiratory uh, process and had genetic testing. Now, this was all done in mid-November. So just at the time of our recording here today, just under three weeks ago. And in less than three weeks, there has been this detection of a new variant. And how did that come to be? Well, the reason for this is some genetic platforms, molecular platforms that detect the SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, uh, uses uh, PCR primers, such as this diagram here for the Thermo Fisher uh, TACMAN uh, kit. And there you have the open reading frame. You see there the spike protein and the end protein. So three genes, uh, but if there is a significant mutation, the primers will not pick up the spike protein. This is called S-dropout or S-target uh, gene failure. Um, and this is uh, what happened with the Omicron variant. And the reason uh, South Africa was sensitive to this is this was also true for the beta variant earlier. So once this group was identified as having the S-gene dropout, uh, the virus was sequenced, and therefore the Omicron variant was described and came to the attention. Now, just having a, a new virus variant mutations, of course, why did this become just such a big deal? And the reason is if 
you go to where these students um, came from, which is the Hongtang province in South Africa. This is outside Pretoria and Johannesburg. Uh, in a very short period of time in these past few weeks, 90% of the isolates taken from there are the Omicron variant. Now, this may be because it's quite a younger population. Um, illnesses have been generally described as mild. There's been no clear uptick in hospitalizations, although it's quite early. Uh, it's also important to state that uh, the percentage of people immunized in South Africa stands at 24%, which is, which is low. And this is despite the availability of vaccines there. So there's been some issues with uptake, and this has also been true worldwide, of course, with younger populations. There have also been reports that uh, sampling of wastewater looking for the SARS-CoV-2 RNA has shown uh, levels in wastewater very similar to the large Delta surge this past spring in the country, which might suggest that <clears throat> uh, there's much more virus than uh, health officials think right now that's circulating in the South African population. Now, what's gotten scientists and public health officials very concerned is this new variant has over 50 mutations uh, that have accumulated in developing this particular variant. And uh, the bulk of these are in the spike protein. Of course, the spike protein is the component of the virus that docks to the host cells, the ACE2 receptor, but it's also the same protein that uh, typically uh, neutralizing antibodies are generated against and could render uh, virus non-infectious or to help quell infection. So uh, the Omicron is sort of the greatest hits of uh, four prior uh, variants that have all had their time in the sun, uh, including Alpha, which was uh, problematic last winter, Beta, which was a problem particularly in South Africa, Gamma in South America, and of course, Delta, which is now the predominant virus circulating worldwide. Um, this is a nice diagram from the Financial Times, one of the best that I've seen that sort of catalogs these. And I won't go over the details, but for those who are interested, may want to pause here and just read over to get some sense. But largely, the mutations in the receptor binding domain of the spike protein and also the nucleoprotein uh, both may uh, cause problems in terms of existing antibodies not binding as well to this variant. And secondly, some of the nucleocapsid mutations may also increase transmissibility. And there's some very preliminary evidence that this could be the case. Again, numbers are very small, and you'll see this uh, shortly in the following slides as well. Uh, but looking at the time that it took for a variant to account for at least 1% of the isolated virus in clinical samples in South Africa, you see the Omicron denoted here in red arose much faster than beta, uh, or Delta, which is now the predominant virus in South Africa. So this suggests that it might be uh, more transmissible uh, than uh, earlier variants. Now, if you look at the country itself, the numbers are still very small. What's gotten people concerned is that very low numbers have spiked upward to three to 4,000 coronavirus cases rather rapidly. 
And so numbers are by no means as large as earlier surges in the country, but you get the uh, uh, sense here that already Delta has waned. And at least for South Africa, the concern is that Omicron may be the predominant virus moving ahead in what seems to be uh, another wave. So there are many unknowns, uh, but uh, the virus has uh, already been described actually from an earlier sample in November in Botswana, uh, Hong Kong, Canada, United Kingdom, Belgium, no doubt in other countries not yet understood. Uh, transmissibility remains a question, as does disease severity. Uh, uh, sometimes viruses will mutate to become more successful, uh, and that's by perhaps being more easily transmitted, but perhaps with milder illness. We just don't know enough yet. And of course, the big question on many people's minds are, is there some impact on vaccine-induced neutralizing antibodies or those that have arisen from natural immunity. So uh, much more to be understood in terms of timing. Uh, obviously, the experiments that will help try to answer some of these questions are underway, and perhaps by mid-December of 2021, we'll have some further information as well as some of the epidemiology that can give us some clues uh, and insights into this particular variant. So Rachel, I understand we have some questions. Yes, we do. And here's our first question. Do you think the rapid antigen test can detect Omicron variant? So uh, this is a, a very good question. Of course, one of the concerns with any uh, variant that has significant mutations are, will it uh, be detected either by molecular platforms or by some of the rapid antigen tests? First, I'll just answer for the molecular platforms. There have been some that have issues, such as I just showed you the Thermo Fisher platform that has the S gene dropout, but this is also something that's a uh, important target uh, to uh, understand that you may have the Omicron variant without doing sequencing. Um, uh, the Roche platform has been said to be okay. So anyone who is ordering tests or in charge of laboratories certainly should await their manufacturers to see if their molecular platforms are at all affected by the mutations. Um, and even if they are, I'm certain that uh, new primers will be generated. This could be true just for single molecular uh, platform uh, as well as multiplex ones as well. Uh, in terms of the antigen tests, uh, those, again, I have not seen any data. So uh, uh, until there's a sufficient uh, virus that we can uh, cultivate and analyze, um, uh, we'll have to wait to see if this is indeed an, uh, affected. Thank you very much. Next question. Will remdesivir and monoclonal antibodies still be active against this variant? So uh, remdesivir is a, a nucleoside analog uh, that interrupts uh, the uh, RNA uh, genomic generation. And so that should not be affected uh, by the variant. Monoclonal antibodies do have that potential. Uh, there's some concern, for example, for casirivimab and indivimab, one of the more popular of the uh, monoclonal antibodies for treating or are preventing the development of SARS-CoV-2 infection uh, because some of the uh, mutations potentially affect 
the epitopes that are where uh, the antibodies bind. But we'll have to wait for the uh, experiments to be done, which should not take a, a vast amount of time, but several weeks, mainly because um, the so-called pseudovirus has to be uh, made. Uh, and uh, this is an important component of then uh, analyzing uh, the antibodies and uh, whether it will have an impact or not. And our last and very timely question, what are your recommendations about holiday and travel plans, particularly in light of this variant? Well, uh, I think in light of the variant uh, at the moment, um, it's not clear it's here in the United States. So I think we still are flying by Delta rules as it were. So um, until we understand more about the variant, I don't think it uh, impacts anyone's particular plans. However, uh, certainly there have been uh, abundant uh, uh, numbers of countries that have experienced very rapid and high increases in uh, COVID infections, particularly in Europe. Uh, and whether this will happen in the United States is not clear, but even within the United States, there are certain uh, states, regardless of whether people have low or high immunization rates that are experiencing upticks in infection. For example, Vermont, which has one of the highest rates of immunization, uh, has had a, a substantial percentage increase in infections as had other states, including New Mexico, in Michigan. So a lot just depends on where you're visiting, whom you're visiting with, um, and what's your own health status. And I think this is the uh, all the things I weigh when I uh, discuss things with patients. If patients, uh, for example, have significant health problems or they haven't uh, uh, reacted well or have uh, health problems that cause them to not likely have a good response to vaccines. Those are people that need to be more cautious and especially want to make sure if you're visiting other people that they're either immunized or they take good care. Uh, I had a colleague tell me uh, uh, from London that, uh, you know, the rates of infection there amongst young people uh, and mass compliance is uh, very low. Therefore, he wasn't recommending anyone going out to restaurants or uh, indoors in public spaces just because your chances of being exposed are very high. So again, this, this is something that has to be uh, quite individualized. I suggest talking to your doctor that may have some sense of your own health risks if you have a concern, and then look where you're going and whom you're staying with. Thank you for those updates, Dr. Atwater. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the Claim Credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit us at covid19.dkbmed.com. Again, thank you for joining us and thank you for your dedication to your patients with COVID-19. Happy holidays and see you next year, Dr. Atwater. And I certainly hope everyone stays safe and uh, stays well during this holiday season. Best wishes to you all.